Welcome to the Jesus Said Love podcast. This is a space where we talk about what it means to awaken hope and empower change. Listen, for over a decade, Em and I have been fostering relationships with men and women who've been impacted by the commercial sex industry. And it's through those relationships that Jesus Said Love was born. We figured it was time to talk about what this ministry has taught us and is still teaching us along the way. I promise it's going to be a place of conversation and story. And we hope you learn something new. Maybe you see something in a new way. Fun fact, you're going to hear music because Brett and I are musicians. Yep. We can't just talk. Nope. we got to sing and play too. We do. Here's the deal, guys. Our hope is that as you hear these stories, that you'll tap into your own story and that you'll be encouraged to live and love well like Jesus. Hey. hey. I just so wanted to throw you off. You know what? That's cool. That's kind of like those Saturday Night Live people. I know. They wear the sweaters, you know, when they do the thing and they yes. try to guess what each other is going to say. Yes. Let's do that. Okay. You try to guess what I'm going to say right now. Start talking. I am, I am talking, talking but, but you, you don't, don't know, know what, what I'm, I'm going to say. say. <laughs> but I do know. Because we've been married twenty years, and I, know I what think you're say. this is what Corona has done to us. I feel crazy today. How about you? How are you feeling? No, I feel good. I'm grounded, and I've yeah. I, I think I'm settling in. I've accepted this is kind of the reality. I think the kids are getting into their swing with homeschool, virtual homeschooling, and I farmed off. I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, like. The homeschool, the Rona school has been rough. Yeah, it's not been an awesome thing. And so I finally, after, I don't know, the hundredth fight with, you know, sweet Gus, and then you stepped in and you tried to help him, which he then told me you're a better teacher than I am. Yes, well, we all knew that. We all knew that. Yeah, I was like, awesome. I've always been meaning to be a fourth grade teacher. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, there's got to be a better way. And he finally said you know what? I just want Reese to help me, his classmate. And I was like, well, of course you do. Cause like in school, they kind of buddy up and partner up. And so I said, well, why don't you FaceTime with Reese and y'all can like do your work together and then I'll come back in and we can check and make sure you're doing the work. Brilliant. It worked. Yes. Like Magnolia had a kindness giveaway and I nominated sweet fourth grade Little Reese, and they sent him cookies and flowers. Yes. I was like, "Thank you for homeschooling Way my child." Way to go, Magnolia! Way Yay. to go, Reese! So, yeah, we're all doing what it takes, and I think we're just kind of figuring it out. And here we are. Here we are. So, so tell us why we're here today. Oh my gosh! Okay, I'm so excited. This is a very relevant, um, necessary topic. And so I'm here today with my ride or die, my bestie girl, uh, for almost 20 years now. And she's going to talk to us about a company that she founded called Talk More Tech Less. She's poured her life, blood, sweat, and money into this company. And um, her name's Dawn Weibel. So if you have been around Waco, you know who Dawn is. Um, She is all about maintaining connection with the greatest invention ever, people. Hmm. 
novel idea, right? So Dawn provides safety trainings, parent and student trainings, even provides healthy meals for individuals and families. And she speaks from a place as a mom about the realities of a digital world. And she and her husband, Matt, are some of our very best friends and neighbors. They have three boys. They have a teenager, a preteen, and a little guy. And so they're all growing up as our children are in this digital world. So she's not speaking to us as somebody who's not in the thick of it. I mean, she's among the issue with us. And it's also important to note as we talk to Dawn today about Talk More Tech Less, about digital wellness, about what it means to be smart and safe in a digital world, um, I think it's important to understand that Talk More Tech Less is not against technology, that it's really about having a healthy relationship with technology, knowing it's not going anywhere, and so that we can have healthy connection with people. So, yay! Welcome, Donna D. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Okay, so take us back to the beginning and just give us a little overview, a little history of how and why you started Talk More Tech Less. Okay. Yeah, we. Um, I was actually a new mom when it started. Well, no, not new mom. I had my last baby, <laughs> last baby, and um, I'm home with this new baby. And I'm a former teacher, so I wasn't teaching at the time. But my husband Matt runs an outdoor mentorship program, and so this is kind of the how it got started. Mm-hmm. But as I've been doing talk more, take less, the why. Mm. comes up in so many different areas and realizing my own story and my own journey and why technology was such a big part of this, you know, talk more tech less starting. And so um, Matt was doing outdoor mentorship. We've been working with junior high and high school boys for 20 years at that time. And we started to see just as technology came on the scene, because you guys, it was 30 years ago next year that the internet started. Wow. 30 years. That's just crazy. I feel like so much has changed in just that time. And I didn't know you at Baylor, but we were actually in the same class, I think, right? Your graduating class was 2000. 2000. So do you remember being in the dorms and like getting your first email address? Oh yeah. That was my first email was John Weibel at Baylor.edu. You know, I almost got kicked out of Baylor because when I came to Baylor in 1994, we were issued our bear ID, which was an email address. And I checked my email one time. I don't know who I was checking because we didn't have that right. And somebody pals. somebody sent me a chain letter. Remember that? Remember oh, this yeah. chain letter? Send this to 5,000 people and you'll get rich. Well, I just hit send because I didn't have anybody else's email to send it to. So I just hit send and it sent it back into the system. And about a week later, I got a, a, a formal letter from the principal of Baylor that I had to meet with him in his office. And then I went and met with him like in his big fancy office. And I was on... Academic probation for a semester. <laughs> we didn't know yeah, how to use email. Because I violated the code. So that yeah. was 30, well, yeah, plus. 30, yeah. Right? Is, has it been 30 years? Well, no. no so no, no, 30 no, yeah. years ago this was the first the dot com, right? Got it. First, first www. Yeah. Okay. But still, so fast. Okay, I mean, so. time has flown. So we're watching this shift happen just in our own lives, mm-hmm. in the lives of the kids we're working with. And we're at summer camp and we build the, as we were just talking with the kids, noticing a decline in eye contact, a decline in relational, um, just as we were talking and trying to have conversations, they just were having a really hard time. The teenagers were having a really hard time just even communicating with us. 
And as we started just digging deeper, they kept coming up and saying, I'm just on my phone all the time, just on Mm. my phone all the time. Um, And so during that camp, we built these boxes called detox boxes. And it was somewhere for them to put their phones in at night to have good sleep health, for them to put their phones in during mealtime so they could have better connection with their family. Um, So it was a real practical thing. Let's build these boxes and you guys use them for your phones. That's really where it started. So what did you see? once that happened. Well, it was funny because when the parents came to pick them up, they said, we want these boxes for our parents too, Mm. to put their phones in. And so the parents were really excited about it So wait, the kids are saying, hey, this has been so good for us at summer camp. Like even our parents are on their phones too much. And they were saying they noticed at mealtime, they wanted more connection with Mm. their parents. And they were like, they're the ones on their phone a lot of time at dinner, you know, at the table. And so let's use these at mealtimes. And so the parents were really excited about it. And then they took them home and we figured out how can we kind of mass produce this and get it out into more homes. And I started researching technology addiction at those early years, which was, there wasn't much research out. This was 2014, so not too much research. There were a lot of studies going on. But in 2017 is when all of the research started coming out about the connections being missed because of technology overuse. And so what, so what grew out of there for talk more tech less? So you, you decided we're going to build these boxes. It's just, just kind of grassroots. Like you're just doing this to support kind of your husband's outdoor mentorship um, organization. When did Talk More Tech Less start and what did you start providing to people? So as I was just building the programs, which were speaking in schools, I was a teenager and educator. So I was going into schools, talking to parents mostly about online safety. And then that that grew into requests to talk to students. And so I would do student presentations and then just built some programs for the actual and products for the actual website. And we just started to see this becoming its own thing. Mm-hmm. Wasn't just about, hey, let's get outside and get away from technology. It was really like, hey, how can we use our technology in a really healthy way? Because that's what it is all about. Right. I mean, like you said, it's not going anywhere. It's how we use it and how often and when we use it that's going to affect our health, our mental yeah. health and our relationships. So what do, what do we need as uh, a culture, as a society right now, like what do we need to know and understand about technology that maybe we don't? I mean, I, I think a lot of people are aware. Here's, here's what a lot of people are aware of. They're aware of like, oh my gosh, I'm spending too much screen time. Now we know if we look at it too long, we need to wear some blue light glasses. Um, you know, all our kids who wear glasses have the blue light filter mm-hmm. on their, you know. So we know there's like, Harms, And of course, like in our line of work with Jesus said love, we know that social media can be a big lure for human trafficking. So we know these like little bits and pieces, Mm -hmm. but what do you feel like overall um, we really need to understand in terms of this digital world? Yeah. So the whole purpose of technology originally was for connection and productivity, Like if you think of back to any form of technology, whether it's airplanes, that's to get us to go see grandma who lives across the state. So we're not hopping on a horse and taking, you know, weeks to go. Um, Our cars are about connection and productivity. So, so much of technology originally was designed for that. And if we use it as a tool for that, whether it's for work 
or ordering my groceries Mm -hmm. and being able to drive up and get them or have them delivered to my house. That's using it as a tool. Um, Those are ways that we're supposed to use technology. But what has happened after the information age, which is when, you know, WWW came, we could Google everything, we could get all kinds of information, what happened in the marketing world and in really just the tech giants and technology world is it became about our attention and Mm. it became moved from information age to attention economy age. Mm. And so there's not as much neutrality in technology anymore, Hmm. which is where all of that comes from. We know, okay, why do we need blue light glasses? Well, because our attention is on our screen so long and so much is as on our screen that we need, that we need to protect our eyes from it? Or Mm. why am I feeling low? Because I've been scrolling so long, just consuming, 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 because the attention, there's not neutrality anymore. Like Mm. our brains have literally been hijacked Mm. and hacked to where we're wanting and needing to stay on more than Mm. we used to be able to just choose. Mm. And so um, I am part of the Digital Wellness Collection Mm -hmm. Collective, which is a group organization of um, lots of counselors, digital wellness researchers, Mm -hmm. psychiatrists, organizations that are studying and researching all of this. And they originally started because they went to the tech companies. They Mm -hmm. went to Apple, they went to Google, and they said, we're designing apps to help Um, this be more humane technology for the public Mm -hmm. so that we don't have so many of these issues that we're seeing. And I I just want to stop you there because basically what happens is like in any industry, something maybe with the intention of being really good and gets developed, then marketers and profiters come in and it becomes about capitalistic endeavor to make right. more money. Right. And so then then our attention span became commodified. Right. Yeah. So you ask kind of what's the big picture? So if you zoom out and look at social media, it's supposed to be about connection. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we're connecting with the immediate people in our life, grandmas love seeing pictures, mm-hmm. aunts and uncles who live, you know, mine live up north. Mm-hmm. They love seeing pictures of the kids growing up, it feels more connection. They feel more connection. Mm -hmm. So that's using it in a healthy way. It's not saying, Hey, I'm never going to be on social media. It's just a time suck. Mm -hmm. You know, it's actually good. Like they're getting to see your kids grow up where they couldn't have before it was developed. But because of this neutrality being gone, we spend so much time commenting on somebody we maybe don't even know. We just saw them on our friend's feed and we're now in a fight with them on Facebook and yeah. it's just taking up so much of our time, yeah. and then it's just gone. Well, it, and it kind of gets weird too when maybe you go to Target and somebody follows you on social media, and they like come up to you and you don't know them, yeah. But because they follow you, they they and they talk to you like there's a mm-hmm. there's already a relationship built there. So it's yeah. like you're connected, but is that a healthy connection? Cause yeah. I'm telling you, I've had some strange conversations that have been like, how do you know that? Yeah. Oh, well I follow you and I stalk you and da 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 da. And that's I'm just weird. You. That's yeah. just weird on some levels. Well, I think that what I'm learning too, is that there is a difference between connection and relationship mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. connection is just like a wire connection. I am yep. tethered to you, you know, in some way, um, whether it's healthy or unhealthy, connection is connection. It, there can be static in it or whatever. You know, it can be a bad connection or a good connection or whatever. 
But a relationship is like the context that's something that's supposed to hold Mm -hmm. that connection, you know, and all of us are wanting connection, both within ourselves and within our communities, but relationships become what hold those connections, you know? And so when somebody walks up to you at Target, well, they might have a connection with you because you're connected on social media, but they don't have a relationship with you. Right. Yeah. You know? But I think what it, what it, what it, maybe one of the negatives is that it, it, it gives a false impression that you have that relationship. relationship. Yeah. You know, it's almost mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I know Dak Shepard. I mean, right. we would I totally feel so connected. We would totally hang yeah. out. And, oh and, yeah, best you know, friends. Yeah, but I don't know that. I don't know what he's like in his home, but I think I do because right. I listen to yeah. his podcast and I follow him and so on and so forth. But it, yeah, well, it, it leads me to kind of, and we can go back and, and maybe this all overlaps just about what we need to know. But that desire for connection and and healthy connection in the context of relationship reminds me of just the deficit of loneliness. Yes. And so like what's the relationship between digital wellness and wholeness if there is such thing as digital wholeness like I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And um and loneliness, you know, yeah. is there research out there that talks about it? Yeah, there really is and it goes along with your comment. Um, there's a difference between our well-being and belonging. Mm-hmm. And so you want our deepest, you know, some of our deepest needs are to feel known and to be known, but somebody that's watching you on social media walks up to you and feels like they know you and you have no, no relationship with them. Yeah, there's nothing reciprocal, yeah. Yeah, and so um, there's not that belonging there. There's just, you know, there's not that, it's not the same. And so, um, yes, there's the loneliness epidemic in America is one of the more fascinating things to study. It's very heartbreaking at the same time. Um, I'm going to send you some of the stuff Mm. for you guys to link in. But there's been an 80-long-year study at Harvard that's happened that um, has studied American adults and just development. And the biggest thing they've fallen back on is what we need for our health and even mortality is relationships. Mm -hmm. And so they're... It's crazy because they're in like year 79 of this study now. And they're just saying every time the well-being, I mean, more important than um, the mortality rate is as high as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, which is crazy on your lungs. You think about that. Yeah. Loneliness. Mm -hmm. And so um, all of the studies are linked to not only depression and anxiety, um, but it is also crazy it's on the rise with social media. It's on mm-hmm. the rise with when the internet happened. And so back, I've got a couple numbers here I'm going to mm-hmm. read for you because I think that some of this is really important for us to look at. But um, in 2010, 33% of Americans were quoting themselves as lonely. And now today, 50% of Americans. So that's 10 years. It's risen from 33%. But yet we're more quote, quote, connected, but we're more connected. See, we're more connected, but we have fewer relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Like real person to person relationships. How is this affecting? I mean, what you're seeing happening right now with COVID, because now it's like the good news is that we've got connection. I mean, Thank God we've got some social media connection to be able to to do Zoom calls and to 
FaceTime with our family members and grandma in the nursing home and things like that. But, um, but my screen time is also like going way through the roof. I'm like, whoa, why is it 1am? And am I even, even that more over, um, than watching a show I've really been wanting to watch. It's like, I can get lost for 45 minutes on my phone. Is that just because it's like in my hand? Yeah, there's just so much to the whole neutrality issue with that. And so, yeah, COVID's a so whole other story. Okay, so define what neutral, what you're okay, meaning by so that. Okay, so with the Center for Humane Technology, they're all petitioning the tech companies to say, you are using your technology in a way that's grabbing America's attention, that's hacking our brains. So there are things we can do to go against that. So we can... We can have um, our notifications turned off. Mm-hmm. We can, um, <laughs> speaking of, uh-huh. our phone just went off. <laughs> we can have our notifications turned off. Um, we can have our phone on silent when we're trying to do deeper work, just different things. But we shouldn't have to do that. The way mm. that the actual apps are designed, they're designed to reward our systems are, you know, the dopamine releases that happen. They're designed to reward us. And so our brain is actually being rewired. So when you hear the little email chime, you get a little, little drop of dopamine, don't you? Yeah. Or, and for this instance, when you hear, (laughs) exactly. Adrenaline. When the storm thing goes on. It's really probably adrenaline. Adrenaline and perhaps cortisol, the stress. It right? is adrenaline. Chemical. So do you remember that 60 minutes where, or was it 2020? I don't remember. Anderson Cooper was hooked oh, up to that machine. And the ding, that. oh, it's fascinating. You'll have to Google it. And the dings were coming in from his phone and it showed him his brain and he was just like Lining stress up. levels. Yeah. Going up. Wow. Or just distraction. So I was mid thought during that. And then I hear a ding and my brain just, you know, stops for a minute. And so we have that distraction uh-huh. too. So all of those things play into us being on our technology for longer than we'd like, longer than we should. And um, and then it, of course, trickles down to our kids. And So neutrality, you mean just digital neutrality would mean... Um, you're, you're just not responsive. You you remain neutral to the technology. Rather than you having a choice. Uh-huh. And so what's happening now is my body is responding to the dings, to the ads, to the whatever it is, because I've been programmed. Right. And the more I use it, the more less neutral I become and the more dependent I become. So then it becomes harder to get away from it, to turn it off, to draw good boundaries. Exactly. And and not even oh my harder. Gosh. <laughs> and, <laughs> ding, ding. Ding, ding. And not even harder, it, it becomes to where you don't anymore. And so that is actually an issue. And, you know, everything is regulated. Back uh-huh. in the days, I had to start regulating TVs. And yeah. um, the internet is getting regulated. There's a lot of debate on uh-huh. that, you know, right. to or from for or against, what should we regulate, what shouldn't we. The pornography issue is a huge one with um, internet regulation, but also um, humane tech and Mm -hmm. how they're building these apps is definitely an issue. I wonder how it affects attention span. Yeah. You know, surely that somebody has studied that. Yeah. So during the information age, that's when they started seeing the attention span drop. And so the attention economy became a, came out of that saying, okay, so attention span is so much shorter. 
And so now we need to do all these things like make your alerts red. Just them making the color of our alerts red on our phone makes us have to go tap it. Like it drives Matt crazy Mm. to have the number six on his text. He has to go read them to get rid of that red because Mm. red is alert and it wants your eyes to be drawn to it. So you go to it's just little things like that that make Mm. you go to it. So are you saying, are you saying Matthew Weibel would hate my phone right now? Oh my gosh, that would drive him crazy. (laughs) I just look at him and I'm like, oh, Oh, I'll get to him. (laughs) I'll get to him when I can. All the different apps that have all the different red (laughs) alerts. So red doesn't bother you. (laughs) It doesn't bother me. So it's interesting because um, we are, our bodies are human computers and we're taking in this information and then processing it. And it's wired a certain way with all the neurotransmitters and serotonin mm-hmm. levels and all that kind of stuff. And so what's happening in our human to human contact? Like, is there something to be said for like, okay, let's say I'm pregnant right now and I'm now constantly checking my phone and getting hits of the adrenaline, cortisol or dopamine and, what is that doing to my child now? How am I regulating there? Even like a nursing mom or someone with a baby or with children, small children yes. that you're caring for. Like, I'm just curious, like what, what's happening there on those connections? Yeah. Well, the physical touch and eye contact connections are way lower. They've decreased astronomically mm-hmm. since actually the handheld since the internet became a part of our handhelds. Um, So the iPhone release, all of that, because so much of our attention was going to our phone, it has to, I mean, there's only a matter of certain amount of time in the day, you know? Mm -hmm. So if we're choosing that, we're not choosing something else. Um, So the physical touch is huge. Um, They actually did a study on oxytocin in Mm -hmm. mothers that were breastfeeding Mm -hmm. and they were releasing more oxytocin to their children, to their babies when they weren't distracted by something else, watching a TV show, being on their phone. Um, But it didn't affect when they were reading a book, when they had something in their Mm -hmm. hand, just reading a book. So, so, okay. So I want to stop right there because this is like... This is big for those of us who are young moms or who are even bottle feeding because you can still release, uh, you know, oxytocin levels can still go up when you're even when you're bottle feeding and things like that. But oxytocin is the God hormone, you know, it's been done. It's the connection. It's the empathy. So if we don't have oxytocin, which is released through literal touch, mm-hmm. human to human, I think maybe even pet to human now. Like that's why pet therapy is so big. Mm-hmm. And But that kind of connection with other humans keeps us moving forward in a nonviolent way. Right. So yeah. when we don't have, and when kids don't have healthy connection wiring, mm-hmm. then they can become prone. We can become prone to more violent language, more violent action. Yeah. We are are disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have empathy. It's the same thing in the porn world. Right. About how porn changes your brain, you know, because, and it's because there's no oxytocin involved. Right. Mm -hmm. There's dopamine and adrenaline, but there's no crack. Right. And so, you know, it it was meant oxytocin completes the circuit, if you will, for the electricians Mm -hmm. out there. But when it's not there, then the wiring gets a little jacked up and then there's Mm -hmm. this new experience. 
And so now you have a group of 20-somethings, right? The average age of viewing porn today is eight. Mm. So if you yeah. watched porn from age eight to your mid-20s, about the time that you move into serious relationships or marriage, you can't function because you've been rewired in the same way with us not having physical contact with humans mm-hmm. in our communication. It's easier to go off on Facebook when somebody says something uh, yeah, contrary to what I believe politically. <laughs> yeah, and then I can yeah. just go shove it up their ass right here with my words yeah. because yeah. they're not real. There's no yeah. empathy involved, but they're still people. And right. I mean, how many bullied, not just teenagers, but adults have we heard from that have just been killed in internet? Oh, yeah. Chatter. And it's a true form of neglect. Um, mm. There are, you know, when you're not paying attention, yes, your baby is getting milk. It's getting fed, but it's not getting the eye contact, mm-hmm. the rubbing, mm-hmm. the movement. You're not releasing that oxytocin mm-hmm. into the baby, and you're not receiving it yourself, mm-hmm. which you get. It's reciprocal. Mm-hmm. Um, I was be- talking to a lawyer. Year, this was years ago, and she said there's a rise in cases of neglect with newborns because Gosh. of gaming. Parents are wow. gaming. Oh, man. And so talk about inhumane tech, the way the gaming industry has just not only hacked kids' brains, but adults' brains, too. Um, they're designing the games to where you can't even leave to go to the bathroom. You can't leave because you're gonna, your whole team's going to lose or, you know, whatever it is. And so these are... And there's a whole argument on that, you know, like mm-hmm. our human capabilities can supersede that yes. decision and say, I have to go pee. Uh-huh. I'm going to get up and my team's going <laughs> to die. There have been a few times on Fortnite during this COVID totally. shutdown that Gus has lost his mind for sure. <laughs> oh, totally. Same with Levi. Yeah. You know, another, and, another area though that I've seen this is, so we have younger staff here, right? They're 20, almost 20 years younger than us. And when I listen about their dating stories, mm. Like dating today in this highly technological technological world we're in is so different than really is. Like I actually had to ask you out, like face to face. Right. And you had to get nervous and you had to look me in the eye and read my body language and And know that you might say no. Yeah. And then get the reward of yes. And that yes was so much more like (gasps) than a yes over a text. Right. You know, but, even yeah. the rewards are greater, like the benefits. Yes. And not just the rejection, because the rejection is also hard to yeah. see it face to face. But it's just, it's interesting. Yeah. And not hearing from them for two hours doesn't mean they broke up with you. Right. <laughs> right. It just right. means they happen to be away from their phone or whatever. Yeah. But when you didn't hear from each other for a day and a half, nothing was ever wrong. You know, it was like we didn't have those little back and forths constantly in yeah. our relationships. So and I fight the balance of, or I, I fight that struggle because I'm like, you know, I was gone for hours on my bike as a kid in the eighties. Yeah. And I mean, there was no checking in. It was like, hope to see you at dinner time. <laughs> like, right. And then what if I got home at dinner time and my parents may have left a note on the bar that said, ran to Albertsons or Kroger yeah. or, you know, um, going on a girl's night or whatever it was. Yeah. But we didn't have that sense of like, I, everyone has to be available to me at all times. And I even feel like as a parent, now that I'm so used to being everyone being readily available, it makes me nervous yeah. 
to send your kids. I mean, it is well, a different world. And it is interesting because the initial marketing strategy for the very first cell phone, mobile phone, was for emergency use, Yeah, which in a lot of cases, it has saved lives. Right. It has done all kinds of things. But if you look at the percentage of emergency uses <laughs> from the initial... And then you look at why right now we feel like we need it all the time. Yeah. Um, we do a fun, are you addicted to your cell phone quiz at the beginning of our presentations? Mm-hmm. My friend, Dr. Roberts at Baylor University developed it. And he, um, he asks that question, like what some of the questions on there are, will you, would you go home, turn around and go get your phone if you left it at home? If you say yes, you're addicted to your phone or whatever. It's just no, kind of a fun. For emergency purposes. You, for emergency purposes, to, yeah. exactly. And almost every question falls back on for emergency purposes. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's so true. Yeah. We are. We're we're addicted because don't you feel like when you're on vacation, or I know like I went on a silent retreat for a few days and I mean it's you don't need to have your phone on, you know, should the monastery really ask that you put it in your room and that you maybe check in if you have a significant other or children at night. Um, and like the amount of, first of all, anxiety that you feel when you don't have that connection is palpable Yeah, when you are connected to it. But then the freedom, like the feeling of peace that comes after that, Mm -hmm. it's like you move from panic to peace very quicker than, quicker than I thought. Yeah. Maybe I could move. Yeah. Well, you remember when it dropped in the bottom of the river yes. when we were on our trip? Yes. It was straight panic, panic for all of us. And then we all sent Brett a text and said, her, her phone's, phone's gone. In the river. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try to get a hold of her. And after that, you were like, Just I'm going to nice. go take a nap. Oh, yeah. I felt like great. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel so good about that one. No, no, that wasn't good for you. <laughs> no, I was some... just thinking, God, we're going to have to buy another one. But Did I think I the because of the work that we were doing that weekend in particular, we had like some yes, crazy situations on going on. And yeah. um, and I just needed to delegate that off. And lo and behold, my phone gets dropped in a river. And it's like, well, I can't Delegation. get to your crisis right now. <laughs> you know, like someone else will have to step up. And but isn't it thing. fascinating what happened to you? I mean, physiologically, what mm-hmm. happened? into your body when you were not attached to it. And there is a lot of science. When we talk about this with our detox box, there's a lot of science behind having a place for your phone Mm. that isn't on your body. Mm. Because when it is in your hand or in your pocket or on your body, you're physiologically attached Mm -hmm. to it. And you are on everyone else's schedule rather than your own schedule. Oh, but I love my favorite button on that phone is decline. Mm. (laughs) Well, you're good at boundaries then. Oh, no. You, for some people, but then you do, you can sit and scroll as easily as the next person, honey. I'm feeling a little judged right now. <laughs> or seen. Maybe. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Now, seriously, on my phone, I do, I read a lot. I read a lot of books on my phone. I do a lot of research on my phone. We do a lot on you our You are phones. just staring lasers into my chest right now. Listen, I do a lot of that too. If you could see her face, if you could see her face. What's it saying? Yes, I scroll. Yes, I get on the death scroll. Okay, the death, I do. The scroll, death scroll, the scroll of death. And we then, all and do. Then, and then you're I, not above and, us. And you're not know, above us. Come down to our human and then circle. I, and then I know I've really jumped in a really bad space. Is when I start when you get when you take the bait. Oh. And you get babe. sucked in, 
and you make that one comment, and then someone comments, and then you're... And then you're stuck, because then you're going to be that person that didn't reply. And let me tell you, (laughs) in the COVID, it's been hard, because boy, howdy. So let's talk about COVID, and and maybe some things that could really help us Mm -hmm. right now with some of the research. And we're going to put all of this research on our website so that you can really see some of these tools and some of the numbers for yourself. Because we could spend a whole week dialoguing just about digital health. I could read quotes all day. Yeah. (laughs) So what what do you think are the most important things that, that we need to be for ourselves? And maybe if we have little ones at home... What do, what do we need to know during this quarantine time? Yeah. What's happened to us? Yeah. And then how do we move forward healthy? Well, it has been really interesting because I was at a digital wellness convention right before all of COVID hit. Yeah. I was in San Francisco Ooh, right before. I remember. Um, I didn't read enough news and took <laughs> off on this trip. Yeah, they even had that first cruise ship that had all those people oh, yeah. infected. Brett sent right us there. a text about it. <laughs> I started reading all the news while I was there and spiraled after that. <laughs> but um, I'm at this conference and Google's there. A lot of the higher up Google people are there. And um, it the whole thing is focused on connection, human connection. And we, one week later, human connection is like outlawed. (laughs) Everyone needs to go home. I mean, we were studying, um, cases of isolation Mm -hmm. and how so much of our technology actually isolates us and how to not let that happen. Mm -hmm. And then we're all locked in our home for social distancing. It was just fascinating and really, really eye opening Mm -hmm. actually to look at the different studies and what loneliness has done. And then to say, okay, we all need to separate for a little while for the health of our country, which is really important Mm -hmm. and no arguing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had doctors there that were speaking and all saying everyone needs to just after this conference, everyone needs to just go home and we all need just quarantine for a little while. Mm And, um, and so, yeah, to see, kind of the, all of that happen and then to see all of the world, not only America, but all of the world actually shut down and have to use our technology for connection <laughs> was really surprising. And it was a really powerful moment too, because I think a lot of people realized that this is an important way for us to connect. And how am I going to use my technology? Am I going to spend time? Yeah, there are still, there's still a lot of negatives out there. There's still a lot of you know, people complaining on social media or, you know, a lot of negative news articles definitely still going around, but we saw a lot of positivity happen online and there was a shift. There's actually a shift sometimes in my psyche when I'm isolated and by myself and maybe reading too much news or thinking too much about it. And then I get on and I see my sister's kids Mm -hmm. smiling for Easter. I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, that was a really creative way for them to spend Easter. I love that. And it brought me back instantly, you know? Right. And so that's an example of like what, how we can use technology as a tool and what it's actually meant for, Mm -hmm. for connection Mm -hmm. and for productivity. But when we spiral and start to go down that rabbit hole. um, So I would say practically for parents, even during this time, is really being wise in how we use our technology. Because like what you said about screen time, all of our screen times are up right Mm -hmm. now. Because everything has literally moved to being on our screens. Everything. (laughs) Zoom meetings, school, 
Um, grocery shopping is all pretty much online. I mean, some yeah. people are still going, but if you try to look at curbside pickups, they're they're gone for the next week and a half. I mean, wow. everybody's ordering online now. Um, all of our entertainment is. And so truly everything has moved there. And so how are we going to use our time on it? And how are we going to utilize this time mm-hmm. at home with the people that we're with? Mm-hmm. Or for those people that don't you know, live with somebody else, how are they going to use that time alone? Yeah. Um, how are they going to use their time on their devices to connect and then get off of their devices and connect with themselves? So what are some good things since we are moving online a little bit more right now? What are, what are some parameters that you think are healthy that maybe we can adopt? Yeah. So what some real specific ones that I use, um, and then I'll tell you a couple links that we're um, doing, but some of the specific things that I'm doing is focusing on the things that I am using my screens for. I'm taking the time to do those. Mm -hmm. And then I'm blocking off time where I'm just not on it Mm -hmm. because it's, and it's so hard because there will constantly be texts coming in or constantly be phone calls. Um, and then taking that time to be outside. We do a five 30 walk every day. Um, I try to leave it at home and just really enjoy being with the kids, being with the neighbors, mm-hmm. um, being with our family, being outside, breathing the air. In the morning, I'm trying to take a run mm-hmm. um, or a walk or sit on my front porch mm-hmm. and just have that time down. I think that's really important, not only for myself, but also for my kids to see mm-hmm. because otherwise it's just mom's on her phone working all day long. Or... And you really could like this morning I woke oh, yeah. up before I typically would wake up. I don't know. My rhythms have been so off and I woke up really early. And the first thing that I did was think of these plants that I couldn't find yesterday. So I went online to find the plants that I couldn't find locally. Yeah. And then an hour went by Yeah. and I was like buying plants online. Yeah. And that, that was like the first thing that my brain went to is pick up the phone and order these things online. Anyway, it was just weird. And, you know, I do think there's something to me. I, I, I am not here yet, but I would love to be where I'm not reaching for my phone the first thing in the morning. Yeah. I I would love to just like get to that space. Let me, let me tell you how to do it. Okay. Tell me. You just don't reach for it. Okay. All right. <laughs> so practical. That's funny because the first question on are you addicted to your phone is the first thing I reach for after waking in the morning is my phone. I mean, it's my it's alarm. So true. And then I know. it's like a second. It is. You know, I need it to is. get it's just so a regular alarm. Well, old and there's so much data behind starting your own starting your own day. Yeah. In your own in your body, own world. In your own mind, oh my gosh, in your own yes. family, in your own home. Because truly we do. We wake up, we turn it on, and all of a sudden we know what everyone else ate for dinner last night. We know what everyone else did this morning or last night. And we're not in our own space making our mm. own intentions for the day or making our own um, checklist even. Like, yeah. hey, what do I... Uh, I'm checking in with myself. How yeah. am I feeling? What am I needing right now? Mm-hmm. It's all of a sudden I'm on there and seeing what everyone else is needing and oh doing. So, so I think true. that that's really important. Definitely. Um, and there's a lot of studies behind bedrooms. Our kids don't have their phones in their bedrooms um, Matt and I, there are times when we don't, but we usually do to do now. But when I'm at the, when I'm doing all my presentations, 
we talk a lot about how important sleep health is mm-hmm. and having the phones out of the bedrooms, having them in the main part of the room, mm. main part of the home, and then having the room be a real place of rest um, with just the melatonin levels that are up mm. and, you know, depleting our sleep. And mm. so I just think it's really important to have that mm. before so bed we're getting, and in the morning. Too. We're, get, we're not getting enough melatonin because we're on it or we're getting too much? So, no, our melatonin's getting depleted from oh. the blue light. So, oh, okay. So that's we'll, the connection with the blue light. Okay. Yes. So when we'll talk um, with the students, we tell them to have an hour off of their phones before they go to bed mm-hmm. and their melatonin levels will rise and they'll Put be able to, to sleep better. Sleep function. They'll okay. be able to fall asleep better and they'll be able to sleep deeper. Yes. Um, and that just doesn't happen when we have our phones by our beds because right. it's the last thing. Sometimes we're falling asleep on them and yeah. then we turn them off and then we just go And is to bed. it different maybe with TV or something because it's so far away it from you? It is different than TV. Okay. Yeah, it's a different but what if, distance guys, to, from your eyes. hold on. We live in Texas. We have to deal with tornadoes. Oh, it just happened the other night. the other night. Middle of the night, 2.33 in the morning. How would we have known if our phones would have been in the, the kitchen? The sirens. Yes, I was terrible. <laughs> Actually, I no ignored siren. it. <laughs> yes, so I saw the alert, and I was mine was different than a friend. A friend like got her kids up and went in the hall, and they all took shelter. I saw it take shelter, and I was like so mad at my phone for waking me up. And then I was like, oh, the sirens will go off if it's real serious. And, and rolled over and went back to bed. Because it will. So, yeah. So I think that's the thing is that these radar, I don't know, I'm no weather person, but what I understand is that they're looking at digital maps and instruments that are detecting possibilities, but it's not actually visually seeing a touchdown tornado somewhere, correct? I think it's a both and. Okay. I think at times. But my point is, is <laughs> our power, it. our power went out. <laughs> And I can't sleep in a crystal still room, right? So, so you I reached turned for my on your phone sound machine. And I turned on the sound machine. They do make old school sound machines. Remember mm-hmm. we had one for Hattie? Those little discs that had rain or ocean or, or white, white noise. noise. Yes, <laughs> the white noise. We use those. We, we in our digital wellness collective, there's an there's a group that has an alarm clock called Lofty. Mm. And it's got all kinds of features so that you don't have okay. to have your phone in your room. Is so. that an app? No, no, it's well. It's I think box. their it's app like is linked to their actual. It's a real phone. So I mean, sorry, it's a real alarm clock. So oh. it'll be in your room, and you don't have to have your phone in your room. But it's yeah, it's groups like that that are trying to think through ways that we can be healthier in our sleep and mm-hmm. all of that. Um, okay, so tomorrow is Digital Wellness Day, and which is part of why we wanted to have you on. So I think by the time you actually hear this. Tomorrow it will be Digital Wellness Day, yep. and um, what do we? What is Digital Wellness Day? Who came up with it? Is this part of the collective? It is part okay. of the collective. There's um, National Day of Unplugging and Digital Wellness Day. Digital Wellness Day is actually a day where you learn how to flourish online. Um, it is part of the Digital Wellness Collective, and um, there's just all different events online that you actually you're on your phone, you're okay. online, and you're learning how to use it better, how to be off of it pretty much and how to, when you are on it, how to use it. And so we're doing one tomorrow called Unplugged and we're going to have just a 30 minutes. We're going to go over the digital flourishing wheel, which you have a little copy Uh here. We can link a picture in the page, but it just talks about all the different areas of our life that are affected by our digital health, our physical health, productivity, 
digital citizenship, well-being, relationships, and mental health. Mm -hmm. And then under those is really specific things like your eye health and your body awareness, sleep health. Mm. Um, So just going through those areas of your life. You know, you asked at the beginning, is there such a thing as digital wholeness? Um, I think there's, they use the word flourishing. Mm -hmm. You know, we use the word flourishing. So I think there's a way for you to feel like, I feel better after I got off my phone rather than I feel like crap. Wow. (laughs) And I feel tired and my phone just depleted me and Mm. I didn't even know it. A lot of times we don't even know it. Yeah. We don't even notice that we're feeling that way, but our bodies are telling us in different ways. Um, Our minds and our relationships are for sure telling us. Mm -hmm. I mean, looking at statistics of divorces even mm-hmm. now linked so much to our devices mm-hmm. and and of course suicide and suicide mental health is and up. anxiety depression yeah all it's all just it so big um what kind of programs does talk more tech less offer where can people find you and what can they find on your site um that can maybe help them with some of this digital wellness yeah so we it's funny that when covid hit i kept getting all these calendar notifications. You were supposed to be speaking at this Mm. school and this presentation was supposed to be happening in this group of moms. You know, all of it was canceled. Everything in person, in real life was canceled. And so we've slowly been shifting our presentations online. So we're working on that right now. But one of the ones we have is Smartphone Ed Mm -hmm. and that's on our website. It's just at the top. You can link on it. And um, it's just a 30 minute video. It's a great Thing for if a kid's getting their very first smartphone, mm-hmm. or even if they're not getting their first one, but you kind of want to reset mm. and say, hey, what are some ways you can be safe on your phone? What are some areas we need to work on? What are um, some areas we need to look at? We did an interview with teenagers and you guys talking about dating mm-hmm. in this age. It's just crazy because you get to honestly hear from them about social media and how their relationships started. And They're actually talking to families and talking to young kids so your kids can sit through it. Um, When Levi got his first phone last year, we sat through it and watched and had some good conversations Mm. after. But What age do you think is good for kids to get? You know, it's different. I get that question probably the most out of my presentations. And it's different for every family because there's a lot of single parents that their kids need phones Mm -hmm. a lot earlier than Mm -hmm. other families um, just for safety, like we talked about for emergency Mm -hmm. reasons. Um, We waited till 13, but especially during COVID, I mean, Mm -hmm. Matt and I are both looking at each other because Jude is feeling so left out of everything, you know? And so I think, I don't, I wouldn't say there's a whole group called wait till eighth and it's wait till eighth grade. And they have a lot of research backing Mm -hmm. just the brain development of kids before eighth grade. Um, but I, I don't say, yeah, at eighth grade, they should get a phone. Right. Just because every kid is different. Every family's different. And now, thankfully, the way that the phones are designed with parental controls and restrictions, you can hand your kid a phone and the only thing they could play on it is Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Or you can you can turn off internet, you can turn off everything. You can have them, you know, not even mm-hmm. have data where they could text. So there's also that aspect yeah. of like, hey, my seven-year-old has a phone doesn't necessarily mean he's texting and calling and has an right. Instagram account. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's important that the main thing is communication. Yeah. 
you know, what are we, how are we communicating with our kids about this device that we're about to hand them? Yeah. And it is, it can be a loaded weapon Yeah. and they, it's only fair to them to know what they're putting in their own hands, you know, and not to terrify them, but just to be honest about it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so they can find trainings online. They can find the, um, we have our detox box the online, detox so if you box. want one for your home, it's just yes. a great little box to kind of have a home for your phone and yes. your family's devices. And it's funny because when we first started, it was like BlackBerry size, yeah. and now it's <laughs> iPad size. <laughs> We've had to evolve along with technology. Yes, to all the sizes. Um, and then we have a 30-day just journey and experience you can go through, which has really specific ways to learn how to put relationships and connection before your technology So it has you, you know, do different things during the week and different ways to connect. Um, And I think that could be really good as we're wrapping up the school year, albeit online, mm -hmm. and headed into summer where we're going to even have more freedom, more tech at home, even less structure of being online schooling, but just gaming, social media, Pinterest, Snapchat, whatever it is. It could be really great to go through that 30-day plan with your family and with your kids to give you some good tools for connection. Yeah. And right now we have a little silly cup that you can take on your walks that's included in that package online. It's cute. I saw you walking with it yesterday. So it's the cutest. I love the I love those cups and I love the logo on them too. It's great. Um, well, Dawn, where can, where can people find you? What's your website? What are you on Instagram? Yeah, everything is Talk More Tech Less. So talkmoretechless.com is our website. Instagram's at talkmoretechless and then Facebook too. And we didn't even there. talk about this, but part of the outgrowth of Talk More Tech Less is Talk More Meals. And if you can only get it if you're in Waco, but Dawn is also an incredible cook. She keeps our community fed, our family fed, her family fed, and she makes, um, gluten-free, paleo-friendly meals on the go with connection questions on them. So that was kind of another way using food as connection um, as part of your program. So that's really... And that's at talkmoremeals.com. It's just local to Waco, but... Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? You can just go explore with that. Well, thank you so much for yeah. coming. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it's so informational, so necessary. We hope you have loved um, this podcast and leave us a review. If you like what you hear, if you have more ideas for what you want to hear, make sure to like and subscribe and leave a review. I sound like my 10 year old who now has a YouTube yeah, he, channel. He loves to say, like, yeah, subscribe, like it, like it, subscribe. Turn on post notifications. <laughs> Um, yeah, but we we need that. And where our listener base is growing, our message is growing to awaken hope and empower change. And so thanks for listening today. Thank you, guys. And, and Don, let's go get the family. Let's go on our walk. Okay. Sounds good. Hey, thanks for joining the Jesus Said Love podcast. We are so glad you have chosen to awaken hope and empower change with us. We want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Yes. Because your voice matters. It's how we get this message into the world. And lastly, be sure to follow Jesus Said Love on Instagram and Facebook for up-to-date info. And visit the website at JesusSaidLove.com for how you can join the JSL fam. Until next time. Share the love. <laughs>